got nine minutes to maximize your travel and casino experience? Welcome to Zorkcast, powered by Travel Zork, helping you travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures. From airline miles and hotel points to living in the lap of luxury in a Las Vegas casino, you'll find all the knowledge you need to travel in style. Brought to you in nine minutes or less. Now, please welcome the host of Zorkcast, Michael Mason Traeger. Hello, this is Michael, and welcome back to Zorkcast. Today, once again, Mike Friedman is joining me. Mike Friedman is one of the main writers or the main writer for LVA Travel, which is the travel and travel loyalty section of Las Vegas Advisor. And we've got a really fun episode today because I actually don't have any idea how he's going to answer this question that I posed. So anyway, Mike, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm doing really well. So my question, I gave you this open-ended question, putting you on the spot, and I refused to discuss it with you before the episode. And that question was, tell me what excites you the most about miles and points in 2019. So I really want to know what you're going to say. So there you have it. So what excites you about miles and points, of course, not about anything else in the world? Well, everything about miles and points excites me. But in particular this year, the single overarching factor is the slowdown in the economy, which has slowed down growth and travel just a little bit. And the reason that excites me is because when travel gets a little slower and prices go down a little slower, the bonuses get better. Everybody offers points or miles for your activity with them, but they tend to offer a lot of promotions. And when travel is strong, the promotions get weak. When travel is not as strong and they need to generate traffic, the promotions get better. So for instance, in 2019, we've seen the return of one of my favorite hotel promotions, which is double points. So for every dollar that you spend at a hotel, you get a certain number of points. If you sign up for the promotion at the various hotels, they're going to double them for you. Hilton and Hyatt have done a particularly good job of this. Marriott, having bought Starwood and integrating Starwood, has not been quite as strong, but is still offering better bonuses than Marriott traditionally does. They're generally known as offering the worst promotions. I'm a Hyatt guy. My wife's a Hilton. So it's worked out particularly well for us. But we've seen some outstanding double points promos from Hilton and Hyatt. On the same note, the airlines have moved from fixed award charts to variable award charts. Now, what this means is that it used to be if you wanted to redeem an award on an airline, you go onto their chart, it says, I'm flying to X location at X time, and the price is fixed at however many miles it is. The problem with that is that the airlines don't want to give away all their tickets. The last thing they want to do is give away every single business class ticket on an international flight. So what they would do is they would put in either blackouts or make seats not available during certain periods. Now they've moved to a variable award chart, which means that Instead of using fixed prices for particular flights, the award varies. The more expensive tickets cost a lot more miles. Less expensive tickets cost far fewer miles. Makes it very difficult if you want to fly, for instance, from New York to Paris in the middle of the summer in business class. It's going to cost you 700,000 miles. 
or whatever the going rate is at the single moment that you check airline prices. But what it does is it opens up virtually every seat on the airplane. In other words, the airlines are saying, okay, you want to fly from New York to Paris in business class in the middle of the summer for a nice vacation? We're going to do that for you, but you have to pay X amount of miles, which might be three or four times what it used to cost. It at least now offers you the choice of doing so. Likewise, if you're going to a less popular destination at a low time, the tickets are much, much cheaper in terms of miles than they otherwise would have been before this variable pricing structure. So this move from a fixed structure to a variable structure has been panned by a lot of people. And it's true. It's very, very expensive now to buy popular tickets in business class during popular times. But they're now available when they used to not be available. And for the less popular destinations, they're much cheaper. So would you say, I mean, I get when travel companies think that there might be a downturn in travel or or travel bookings are not as strong and they offer promotions to incent you to stay with them or travel more to earn more points. But you're saying that that variable awards excite you or they don't. You see, I'm I'm very mixed about about variable awards. I think in some ways it's very interesting because it allows an airline if it's done correctly at least just looking looking at airlines who are the strongest users of variable awards it allows them to offer all kinds of nifty promotions based on what their inventory is like i think delta's had some really good international promotions with sky miles like really really good so much so where people almost said when delta because delta was the first to come out I think with the variable awards, I think people immediately assumed that it would only go in one direction. It would always become much more miles to use. You would never be able to get a deal. But now it seems to be that they're giving you, they are giving you deals when they feel that they want to, which are still significant deals. So now it's sort of like the airlines can can maneuver around when they want to give you a deal as opposed to when they had the fixed award chart and then you know, basically you could find the sweet spots, but I'm still a little unsure about it because of the whole issue with sweet spots, because I always was obsessed with sweet spots. So how do you sort of correlate all that? Or how do you justify it? Or you think you think people are winning more than losing with variable awards? Is that what you're saying? I think they're winning in the sense that the airline has now given you an option to buy a ticket. This year, for instance, I was looking at tickets from Boston to Paris for four. And in business class, I looked and it was 720,000 miles round trip. I thought that was great until I realized that wasn't for all four of us. That was just for one of us. So four of us would have cost 2.8 million miles. At least though, it offered me the option if I wanted to do it great, if I didn't want to do it, I would just leave it. Under the old system where every award ticket internationally business class would be 100,000 miles, those tickets wouldn't have even been available. You couldn't have bought them if you wanted to. The airline would have blacked out that time because it would have sold those tickets for cash. It's not going to give away those tickets at a much cheaper price. What's happened is over the past decade or two, airline revenue management systems have gotten increasingly relevant and increasingly sophisticated at an exponentially growing rate. Now, what that's allowed them to do is predict how much you're willing to pay for a particular ticket down to the dollar which is probably unfortunate because that's going to drive prices up. But it also allows them 
to move award tickets into the revenue management bucket, which again, it provides an opening for you. I would say that 80% of the prices and miles have gone up, but the availability is now 100%, and the other 20% have gone down and gone down significantly. Okay, that's fair. And I think this comes back to, you know, the whole point is you have to understand the value of your miles. And I think you have to understand the value of your miles. You have to have a valuation on them because they are, they do have a value. And you also can't force the use of miles in circumstances where they don't make sense. And I know that's frustrating to people who want to use them for a specific vacation at a specific time to a specific destination, but the game just doesn't work like that anymore. You sometimes have to you know, strategically use your miles when it makes sense to use your miles. And I think that's a really hard thing to say to someone because, you know, if I didn't know anything about miles and points or a lot of say like, what the heck do you mean by strategically use your miles? Well, it's just like you said, you're obviously not going to use your miles when it's 700,000 miles a ticket. That makes no sense at all. But when you can get you know, an award for 70,000, you are going to use them. So you always check to see if you can add an award ticket and then you, you do your comparisons. But do you still feel overall, and, I, and I'm sort of leaning this way, that still for the international premium tickets, even if you can't get the 100,000 round trip or 120,000 round trip, as long as the taxes are reasonable enough, even for 200,000 miles, it's still often a lot cheaper than purchasing the premium ticket. So I think, and that goes back to understanding the miles. So, I mean, I guess it's frustrating because it's not as good as it used to be, but it's still not as horrible as people make it out to be. No, it isn't. And I'll tell you one other thing. The end of the story I just told you is we were able to book our tickets to Europe. I shifted the vacation by exactly one day and the price went down from 720,000 miles per person to 180,000 miles per person. Why? Because I was willing to fly midweek and the airline wasn't going to sell as many tickets on a Tuesday as it would on a Monday. Same thing on the return. So you can still be crafty with the airlines. And when you say book strategically, part of the strategy has to be, am I willing to move it around a little bit? Look, I, I go crazy when I see the clickbait ads online fly for free internationally anywhere you want with this one trick. Okay, it doesn't work that way. It's the old, if somebody's offering you something for nothing, then you better be careful about it. It does involve a little bit of effort on your part, but not as much as you might think. And if you can be flexible and are willing to, you know, to work with the airline to find a good time to go, those deals are going to be out there for you. And then that makes perfect sense. And unfortunately, we're just about out of time, but that does leave us to that golden rule of you must be willing to be flexible. There's one thing we're not going to get to in this episode, which I'd like to do on a future episode. But when you were talking about somewhat a downturn in travel, I wanted to correlate that a little bit to like how financially well or not well the airlines are doing and the hotels are doing because i'm under the impression that everybody's making a lot of money still so i wasn't exactly sure how you were relating that or how that aligns or maybe it doesn't align at all but i was under the impression that the u.s airlines 
And hotels overall have, you know, the major hotel brands have really gotten their act together with revenue management and yield management and really are running pretty profitable operations. So I'm a little bit surprised in some ways to hear about the bonuses. But then again, maybe even though they're running profitable operations, that still doesn't mean that, you know, travel is not as significant as it was three or four months ago or that they're or they're predicting something. So I'm super curious about that, but we don't have time for that this episode. But I'm thinking maybe we could do that on another episode. That sounds great to me. Okay. well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mike. You can read many of Mike's articles. He publishes quite a few a week at LVA Travel. How do you get to LVA Travel? You go to lasvegasadvisor.com slash travel. It's also listed on the homepage. There's a drop down, or you can visit lva.travel. And of course, we will have links in the show notes. Thank you again, Mike, for joining us. And hopefully I'll be able to convince you, maybe bribe you to be on Zorkast again. Just bribe me with a few miles and we're good to go. Yeah, that's right. You're pretty cheap. Okay, I'll figure that out. (laughs) Take care. Thank you again. And until next time. You've reached the end of your stay with us on this episode, but we encourage you to visit our website for more resources at TravelZork.com and to continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at TravelZork and Facebook.com slash TravelZork. Travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures right here on ZorkCast. Until next time, good luck.